We're talking about the problem with the church that Jesus built today. Uh, it was a, one of the more clickbaity titles I've done in a sermon. The idea that this thing that Jesus is building is flawed, right? We know that it is. We've gone through this sequence as we're trying to establish this idea. The church that Jesus built. Of course, he promised the apostles he would build the church. They would be instrumental. We've read Acts 1-8 before. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. Of course, we know that came to pass just, uh, just weeks later, right? Acts 2, 1 through 4. The day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and the divided tongues as of fire appeared to, the, uh, to them and rested on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other, t- other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And of course, they, can, they begin that process of building the church, the church that Jesus wanted them to build. As we've seen, of course, people are the core components of this thing. I'm really going to stretch the metaphor to its breaking point today, the construction metaphor. People are the core components. The end of that first sermon, the Spirit descends upon them. Peter begins speaking. They have this, this, this uh, mighty rushing wind and the tongues of fire and all that stuff. And Peter begins to preach. And the conclusion was what? Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and your children are who all, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. People are the call, right? The, the, the thing that they were going to do was call people to God. God, of course, calling them to himself through them. That's what we're doing. We have continued that, hopefully, legacy into the present day as the Lord is calling people to himself to this church. Here's the problem. People do not make perfect construction materials. In Acts, Holy Spirit descends on the apostles. Great sermon. A lot of people are saved and converted. Hooray, for, hooray, hurrah. Everything's going well. Oh, it's so great. This thing that Jesus is building, it's wonderful. Hooray for us. It does not take very long in the book of Acts for there to begin to be problems. Lying, self-importance, insincerity. We see in Acts chapter 5, verse 1, a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. With his wife's knowledge, he kept back some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back a part of yourself of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, was it not your own? After it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it then that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God." Problem wasn't that he only gave part of it. The problem was that he lied about it, right? Why would he do that? Well, he wants to appear righteous. Of course, we've just read in, in Acts chapter 4 that people were selling their possessions, laying at the apostles' feet. They were sharing and distributing what anybody had need. And Ananias and Sapphira were like, oh, we could do that. And then people would think we're so awesome. But they didn't really want to do it, right? They didn't really want to give all of it. They just wanted to seem like they had. Because people are self-important. People are insincere. People lie. We have the next chapter, neglect, logistical problems. The bane of any group is logistics, making sure that any 
person in the group has what they need. Well, we've already read they were selling their stuff and giving it to the apostles. And how is that all being managed? How is that being taken care of? Who's keeping the books? Who's tracking what's going where? The end result was some people were being overlooked, right? Acts 6.1. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists rose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Of course, the distributing of the things that people need. I don't think it was malicious. I just think that people are incompetent. Because people are incompetent still today, right? Problems with Jesus' church are the same problems then as they were in the second century and the third century and every time period throughout history to today. Some more serious things. Racism, either unintentional or intentional. Hard to tell. Well, at some points it was intentional. Acts eleven nineteen. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. Well, what about all those Gentiles? They need to be included. No, we're only going to talk to Jews. Uh, maybe, it was, uh, maybe it was just they didn't want to do it. Maybe it was they didn't know how to do it. Maybe they didn't speak the language. Whatever it was, it was a problem. There were some of the men of Cyprus and Cyrene who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to Hellenists too. Preaching the Lord Jesus, there was a linguistic barrier that either they were unable to or unwilling to overcome. Now, eventually they did get it together. God made them get it together. They overcame it, but it is a problem that persists. Do we only speak to people like us? Are we trying to include everybody? Again, either intentionally or unintentionally. Acts 15, 1 and 2, there's confusion. Ignorance. How, what, are we, what are we supposed to do about difficult situations? About doctrine and tradition, Acts 15, 1 and 2. Some men came down from Judea, were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them. This is a repeated theme throughout the New Testament, right? We're going to teach about Jesus. Oh man, it's so great. Jesus is so awesome. But what are we, do, what are we supposed to do about that? Right? We all love Jesus. Hooray for us. What does that mean? What, practically speaking, how do we implement this, this thing that Jesus is building? And even then, there's confusion, arguments. They're inspired. They have prophets, they have apostles, and they're still arguing about stuff. This doesn't go away. Still arguing and discussing and debating and no small dissension. I like that phrase. It sort of undersells it. Paul and Barnabas were, I, I suspect, in, in some cases, in knockdown, drag out, yelling matches. You can't do that. You can't make them be circumcised. What's going on here? You can trace the arc of humanity throughout the early church because we haven't changed in 2,000 years. We are the same. In all of human history, the problem is the people, right? The problems that cropped up almost immediately and throughout the book of Acts, the problems in the letters. You think about the letters, uh, Romans through Revelation. What are those letters about? Well, they're about problems. They're about difficulties. They're about things that people should be doing that they aren't and things that people shouldn't be doing, but they are. And that the core of the letters is, okay, we believe in Jesus. Now what do we do about it? You've got to stop doing these things and start doing these things. And the letters are, are sometimes quite brutal about the, the situations and the difficulties that's going on in the churches. The conclusion of the Bible, Revelation, begins with a large section of Jesus basically rebuking people for their problems. Revelation 2 and 3, just sort of a selection here. But I have this against you. You've abandoned the love you had at first. 
I have a few things against you. Some hold to the teaching of Balaam. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. And he goes that way for two chapters about these churches, about not all of them. Some of them were doing pretty good, but the problems and the struggles that they were having. The problem with Jesus' church is very basic. The problem is the people. We are the problem. He chose to build out of people his congregation, his assembly, his kingdom, the language of kingdom. His choice of building material leads to inherent flaws in the structure. We are flawed. And so the thing that Jesus is building has flaws. Romans 3, 9 through 20, we know no person is perfect. We're not going to read that. A lot of text there about the imperfection of people. Romans 7, 13 through 20, what does Paul say? The things I want to do, the things I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, those are the very things that I do. Wretched man that I am. Not even the apostles were perfect. Galatians, 3, uh, Galatians 2, 11 through 14, what happened there? Peter, associating with the Gentiles. Oh yeah, we're all together, great for us. Then the Jews show up and Peter's like, oh, I can't be with you Gentiles. I got to go be with the Jews instead. Bias, partiality. Even in the apostles, inevitably there will be problems because the church is built out of people. The temptation then is to think that if we just follow scripture right enough, well enough, we teach the right things, we have the right interpretation, that we can be the perfect church that Jesus wants, and I'm here to tell you we can't. No church will ever be perfect. And to believe that we can achieve that perfection is arrogance in the utmost. The problem then, we might swing the other way. Give me Jesus then, but forget the church. I don't want the church. The church is full of a bunch of hypocrites, a bunch of sinners, which is true. Inevitably, it is true, right? So we might swing this way, okay? Give me, I'll have Jesus, and I'll have my relationship with God, and I'll have my prayers, and I'll, I'll do what God wants, but, you know, I didn't want to deal with any of the people. The people are the problem, so I'll just sort of do my own thing, and you guys do your thing, and, and I'll just be over here by myself doing my stuff. What's the problem with this mentality? Jesus promised to build a church. The word church, we haven't talked about it in a while. What does the word church mean? An assembly. It's a congregation. It's a gathering of people. He promised to build a gathering of people. Did he just not know how hard that would be? Was he unaware of the problems that would arise? I suspect not. I suspect he knew that the difficulties that would come from this, and yet he still said he was going to do it. Jesus didn't want you to do it alone. He wanted you to be a part of the group that he was building. The apostles faced difficulty after difficulty, sin and selfishness, imperfection. Did they stop building this thing that Jesus wanted them to build? No, they didn't stop. They didn't give up. They didn't go their own way. They continued to build. Remember the admonition of Romans 10, 14 through 15. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? How are they to preach unless they are sent? What's the, the chain here? The building of the church requires people. If we want people to join, people have to do the work. This is not an individual activity. This is a group activity. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? That could be any of us. It could be all of us. If we are enabling one another to do that... We might then have some extreme theology, okay? Well, the problem with Jesus' church is the people, the difficulty of the people, and the sins of the people. Maybe we don't 
try to forsake the whole thing, but we might have some extreme theology in response to this problem. We can't be perfect, so why even bother? Why hold people accountable? We just know they're going to sin, right? Makes people feel bad if we talk about sin, so let's just not talk about it. We know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. I like what Paul, and I don't like it, but I think it's interesting what Paul says in Romans 6, right? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Oh, God's so gracious. He's so great. He knows there's going to be problems. He knows we're going to sin, so let's just have more grace, right, for us. And what's Paul's answer? May it never be. Certainly not. The Chris version says, don't be stupid. Don't be idiots. We can't just keep sinning, right? We could go the other way, though. Maybe if we just hammer people all the time about their sin and talk about how horrible people are all the time, we could whip them into shape. Is that going to work? I suspect not. I suspect that if we just focus on sin all the time, that's going to lead to despair, depression, inadequacy, people giving up. Because ultimately we do need grace, don't we? We need that forgiveness. It's a balance here. Maybe it leads us to the sin of dishonesty. Okay, well, we know people are the problem. So the sin of dishonesty would be what? Well, we just hide our sin and imperfection. I know I'm the problem, but if I just keep it in, if I keep it to myself, if I can hide it from all of you, then it won't be a problem. Except it still is a problem because sin is still a problem, right? If we, if we just hide it, the temptation is if I just hide this sin, nobody will really know how bad we are. We can sort of present a fake front to the world. But anything that is built on dishonesty cannot be the church that Jesus built. Any group of people that is built on hiding sin cannot be the church that Jesus built. Because Jesus is a being of truth. A being of honesty and openness. Maybe we allow conflicts to fester. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to make things too bad. So we just sort of deal with things and we let them go on and we let conflicts carry on because we, we don't want to disrupt what's going on. We don't want to make people feel bad. We don't, want to, we don't want to whatever it is. Which is just a version of hiding sin, right? Instead of bringing things into the light, instead of exposing the works of darkness. Here's the important thing. Jesus knew the flaws of his chosen building material when he chose it. He knew that in his structure, his church, his kingdom that he was building, there would be flaws that he would have to work around, that we would have to work around. And so he gave us ways to mitigate these problems, the problems that would inevitably crop up in the church that was being built how do we get rid of those? How do we deal with those? How do we solve these problems? James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is great power as it is working. The solution is not to hide the problem. The solution is not to bury the problem. The solution is to bring it into the light and deal with the problem. Whatever it is. The problem being sin, of course. Galatians 6, 1 and 2, Brothers, if anyone's caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. But also keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the solution? The solution is twofold. One, to restore, correct. There is some correction that happens, some restoration, some process of making things better. But as we do so, we do so how? Spirit of gentleness. Why gentleness? Because it's going to be you today and it's going to be me tomorrow. <laughs> right? 
keep watch on myself because I'm going to be tempted. I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. And I want you to restore me with gentleness. I want you to deal with my sin with gentleness. So what does that mean I need to do for you? I need to deal with your sin with gentleness. Not that I'm ignoring your sin. Isn't that what he says? If anyone's caught in a transgression, you are spiritual, restore him. Make it better. Treat it right. Make, it, make things the way they should be. But do so not with harshness, not with cruelty, but with gentleness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 13 through 15. Be at peace among yourselves. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and everyone. Maybe the problem isn't sin. Maybe the problem is idleness. Maybe the problem is faint-heartedness. You are suffering or struggling or dealing with some difficult thing. We need each other, right? The irony and beauty of Jesus' church is that the very thing that creates problems is the thing that solves them. People helping people. Hypocrisy and sin will always be problems in the church. In the church that Jesus built. Because it is built out of people. But my encouragement as we come to the end of this we cannot let the fact that hypocrisy and sin will always be problems, we can't let that fact cause us to throw out the whole thing altogether. Well, any group's going to be flawed, so I'm not going to join a group. Any group's going to be flawed, so why even try? We can't have that defeatist mentality. Jesus designed this thing, this assembly, this kingdom to operate in harmony despite the flaws of individual people. Ephesians 4.16, that when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. What's required for that? If it's going to build itself in love, that there be multiple people working in harmony. That we be working together for this goal. 1 Corinthians 12.18-20, As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Don't let your problems, or ours, we could do this in two ways, prevent you from finding your place in Jesus' church. And again, as we conclude, we think about this in two ways. On the one hand... Don't let the problems that others have, the hypocrisy and the sin that you see in groups of people, don't let that get in the way of doing what you know to be right. If you know that God wants you to be a part of a group of believers who are striving together, don't let our flaws prevent you from doing what you know to be right. But on the other hand, maybe it's the other way. You're ashamed. You feel too much guilt. You feel like you can never belong. You feel like you're too bad to be a part of this group. I'm here to tell you, there's no sin that you have, not even a crying baby. Not that that's a sin. I want to be clear about that. There's no problem that you have that is bigger than God's ability to forgive. There's no sin in your life that God can't make work in the context of a faithful group of believers. Don't let the sin that we have, we cannot let the sin that we have, prevent us from being part of the thing that Jesus is building. 
Either the sin of those around us, I know you've got flaws because you're human. Or the sin of ourselves. We know you've got flaws because you're human. Be a part of the church anyway. Not anyway, but because of that. Because of our flaws. Join the church that Jesus is building so that his power can allow you to overcome those things. And so we offer the invitation to be a part of this thing. To repent of the sin in our lives. To continue to confess to one another. To confess to God. To be united with him in immersion, as Peter says in Acts 2.38, right? To join the thing that Jesus is building. Not, not because you're perfect, but because you need help. Come while we stand and sing.